Let's say a prayer as we continue our time of worship together. Father, we are so thankful for today, thankful for the gift of another day, for your presence in it. Thank you for bringing us together uh, for these moments of worship. Be with us as we continue to experience you here and uh, be with Dr. Jones as he brings us the message today. Thank you for your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen. It's my great pleasure today to get to introduce, to get to introduce our speaker, Dr. Ken Jones, someone who's very familiar to many of you, but maybe not to all. Dr. Jones served as the president of LCU from 1993 until 2011, and then as the chancellor and CEO from 2011 to 2012, and now serves as LCU's chancellor. And Dr. Jones' legacy at LCU is a remarkable one, a period of great growth and development in this university, both in terms of enrollment, the campus, our programs, our commitment to our mission, in all ways, his fingerprints can be seen uh, working uh, through, uh, through with God's great providence in this place. Dr. Jones is a rancher. He's an engineer. He's an expert in leadership, a preacher, someone who has contributed mightily in so many different ways and parts of life, someone who's been a great friend to me and uh, a great uh, mentor and encourager through this process. I'm so thankful that he's here with us today to share from his... Uh, from his wisdom and from the word of God. Please join me in welcoming today, Dr. Ken Jones. Well, I'm certainly thankful to President Perrin for his uh, introduction, and I'm thankful to President Perrin for his uh, very positive leadership of Lubbock Christian University. And it has been a long time since I have spoken in chapel. I think about a year and a half. And yes, I am really comfortable in jeans and boots. In fact, I wear jeans and boots just to cover up these socks. Okay? So that's it. Okay. Long times I've spoken in chapel, so I may appear a bit rusty or I may appear a bit awkward, but I want you to know that I'm excited. I really am excited about speaking to each of you today. I'm excited because I know that God has filled you with talent and ability. I'm excited because I know that you're here only for a little while and you're going to go out in this world and you're going to make a big difference in this world and what a privilege it is, therefore, to speak to people like you. I think back about all the times that I have spoken in chapel, and I, I think most of the time I used some kind of a principle. I like to talk about principles. I'm going to do the same thing today. I want to share with you a life principle, something that I hope some of you might write down, some of you might tuck away, and some of you might even apply it to your life. For the last eight months, I have been studying a subject called Appreciative Inquiry. I think I'm in my fifth book on Appreciative Inquiry. In the early 1980s, a young Ph.D. graduate student named David Cooper Ryder at Case Western Reserve University was doing research on organizational development, human development, organizational change, human change, and he and some fellow graduate students and their advisor came up with this thing called appreciative inquiry. And for the last 30 years, it's made a move greater and greater in the organizational world on how we might change and how we might change more effectively, and how you and I might change in our lives and be more effective in our personal lives. 
One of the principles that undergirds appreciative inquiry is this principle. It's not the only principle, but it's one principle that I want to share with you today. What you and I choose to focus on grows. Doesn't sound all that profound, does it? And yet I have found it to be so absolutely true, and I have found it to be so absolutely faithful in my life and watching it in the lives of others. What you and I choose to focus on grows. Has a negative side to it. The negative side is if you and I choose to focus on that which is negative and that which is a problem, then the problem begins to get larger and larger. And the first thing you know, the problem is so large that we do what we sometimes call blowing it out of proportion. Have you noticed that? And by the way, by the way, many of us are just oriented toward looking at the problem first. And many of us are even trained to do that. I am trained as an engineer. All my academic training is engineering. For several years, I worked in the professional engineering world. And engineers are trained to go in and look at a situation and and find the problem and, 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 and write out some kind of a solution and do some kind of calculation to try to solve the problem. And I can't kind of carry that over into my daily life. And here's kind of how it works maybe for some of us. You've just begun your classes. You walk into this particular class, and here is a professor, and and you notice some particular peculiarity about the professor. Now, this is hypothetical. It doesn't happen at Love a Christian. But but you notice something a little peculiar, and and it it just keeps bothering you. And it keeps bothering you more and more. and, And here's where it really gets bad, because remember, what you focus on grows. Here's where it gets really bad. Maybe you find someone else in the class, and they notice the same thing. And maybe you find a second one, and they notice the same thing. And now you, you get together, and you have this conversation. All you can see is this which is negative. And then you get into what we call a downward spiraling conversation. And the more you talk about the problem, the more you go down and down and down. It has no good future to it. The only problem is the more you focus on it, the more it grows. Or maybe, maybe in the spring semester of 2014... A decision is made across campus that you don't quite like. Now, you know, in every given semester, there are dozens of decisions that are made. And some of us don't like all of them, okay? And a decision is made and you don't quite like it. And so you kind of think about the decision. You think, oh, how wrong that was. And then you find somebody else and they kind of agree with you. And somebody else and they kind of agree with you. And you get in this downward spiraling conversation. And you're, the more you focus on it, the more it grows. And before long, all you can see is this mess. You see the danger of it? But I want to tell you the good side of it. There is a positive side to it. What you focus on, what you choose to focus on grows. I tell you, it grows. And so you walk into that same class, and you have that same professor, and you have that same peculiarity, only you begin to look at all the good things that are coming out of the class and all the good things that you're learning and, and all the good qualities this professor has. And before very long, you see more and more good, and you focus on the good, and you don't even see any longer the negative and you see something at the university and you think, it's not quite right. And, and yet you begin to look at all the good things and all the wonderful things and they're everywhere on this campus. I promise you they're everywhere. And you keep seeing the good over and over and over again. And before long, 
that which was a decision you didn't like, it, it, it just kind of disappears. It makes, doesn't even register anymore because what you focus on grows. By the way, do you know that's how you fall in love? That ought to be interesting to you. Before the semester ends, some of you will fall in love. You know that's how it works? Because when you fall in love, you don't, you don't start dating this person, and every time you go home from the date, you say, well, I saw this wrong, and I saw this wrong, and they're just... That's not how it works. Because the truth of the matter is, every single one of us is so flawed. And every single one of us has these things that are, that are wrong about us. I'm just so thankful my wife, most of the time, doesn't focus on that. Because what happens is, what happens is you begin to see the wonderful things about this person. And more and more you focus on the, the wonderful things. And the more you focus on it, the more it grows. And, and before long, what you see so good is so great that the flaws don't even register. And that's how you stay in love, too. That's how you stay in love past 40 years of marriage. Because you keep, you keep looking at that which is good and wonderful in this person, not that which is ugly and that, what, that which is imperfect. I still have those things that are so imperfect. And my wife could make a list of them, but she refuses to because she keeps looking at how handsome I am. Yeah. Or something like that, okay? You'll have to ask her for sure. Everybody got the message. That's why I love to dream dreams. I'm going to tell you, it's why I love, I absolutely love to dream dreams. I love to hold pictures in my mind of a future that's different and better than it is today. Because I know if I hold my mind, they grow larger and larger. But it's what I focus on grows, and I've seen too many of them, and so many of them come true. You're going to go out and change the world. You're going to go out and make a difference in this world. That's why I love a Christian university exists. That we might have a slight momentary opportunity to help you and prepare you to go out and change the world. And I'm telling you, if you'll write down on the edge of your Bible, or if you'll write down in some note, or you'll print it in your mind, what you focus on grows. It'll affect your productivity. It'll affect the quality of your life. It'll affect the difference you make in this world. What you focus on, I promise you, is going to grow. And so I tell you this morning... You are so very special. And God loves you more than I could possibly describe. Focus on the right things. May God bless each of you. You're dismissed.